The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you that are listening with us today. We've got a great program, as usual. Today, we're going to be talking about family recovery. We're going to be talking about hope for families. And my guest, Magdalena E., who has a longtime member of Al-Anon Family Groups, is going to talk with us about how she has found serenity and how she has spiritual growth uh, in her life and as a family member and how that's worked for her. So she's going to be sharing. She's got a great uh, background and a great story about how her life has really opened up to a lot of possibilities as she lives a spiritual life and works a program. So I know that you're going to enjoy today, and you're going to get a lot out of it. And uh, I want to thank you for letting your friends and people in recovery community and your unity community know about the spirit of recovery. And I am very excited to be able to broadcast on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio. We love hearing from you, our listeners, and we're glad to know that uh, what we're doing is making a difference for you. So I love getting those emails from you. Um, It's just great. Great to hear from you. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and we have guests that are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. Our guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with recovering people or who write for recovering people. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. We want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place that recovery is a big tent, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member who's in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're a family member a friend or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, whether or not they are in recovery, we welcome you. Or if you're just somebody that's curious about the process of recovery and want to learn a bit, bit more about it, um, we welcome you here. We hope that you will send us an email during the show with a comment or a question for our guest, and or you can give us a call. And the number that you would call in to the program is 888-558-6489. And our email address is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those emails during the program. So we sure invite you to participate that way. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and a trained addictions counselor. I'm also a person that has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And so ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles That walk transforms my life on a daily basis and keeps me growing uh, and opening up to new possibilities and new opportunities. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share people in recovery with you and to share, have them share with you uh, what their lives are like and how they practice spirituality and how that touches and grows their lives. 
On every show, we do have also a drawing, and we give away a recovery book. And these books are donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. And that's www.hazelden.org. And we thank you very much, Hazelden, for donating the books. And today's book that we're giving away is called A Balanced Life, Strategies for Coping with the Mental Health Problems of a Loved One. And it's by the author Tom Smith. So if you would like to get your name in for the drawing for that book, um, please give us a call or send us an email during the show, and we'd be happy to put your name in, and uh, we'll be happy to mail you that book. So, And be assured that if you call or email in that we keep your information confidential. Today, as I said earlier, our topic is called Hope for Families, and joining me is my guest, Magdalena E., and Magdalena does uh, have a lot of years as a member of a 12-step program for family members, and that's Al-Anon Family Groups. Magdalena has um, traveled many miles, both literally and um, spiritually, in her journey. And she's going to be uh, sharing with us today how it is that the disease of addiction uh, has affected her as she was growing up and how her life has really uh, changed in so many ways as she has practiced a spiritual program that for her, serenity has replaced worry, compassion has replaced condemnation, and joy has returned into her life as she works a spiritual program. And she has uh, found that her life has opened up to amazing um, opportunities in lots of wonderful ways, and she certainly contributes uh, in her life in a lot of different ways uh, to the good in this world. And she's a compassionate person. Um, She's a a very alive person, and she really works a spiritual program, and she practices that in all the parts of her life, with her family, with her friends, and in her career. So, Magdalena, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thanks, Anna. Pleasure to be in the air with you. (laughs) Yes, good, good. Thank you. Thanks for saying uh, saying yes to being a guest here. So... um, I know that, as I said, that your life has uh, really changed a lot, that you uh, are having the experience of, of uh, doing lots of things that perhaps at some point in your life you didn't uh, think that you'd be doing. Could you just share with us some of the ways, some of the opportunities that you have and the ways that you are of service today? Yes, uh, since I became a member of Allen, and I, I have... The world just opened up for me. It was uh, I lived in such obscure environment. My life was so obscure prior to coming into Al-Anon that all I could think of was just killing myself and, and taking my kids along with me because it was just there was no way out in life. There was just nothing to help me. And uh, and since I ever, I came to Al-Anon, my life just change and from the beginning I, I I learned to laugh again, I learned how to have friends, I learned how to love my kids and of course I, I learned how to depend on on, uh, on the God of my understanding to help me walk with me every day uh, of my life, every minute of my life every second of my life I know He is always with me and I trust that I am never alone and I don't have to in my life or other people's life, just because um, they have a disease or, or because um, I don't know what to do. Today I know what to do, and, and to, today I have the tools of a recovery program. Mm-hmm. What, was, what got you uh, into recovery? What motivated you to start living a spiritual life or to start seeing things differently? Well, see, Anna, I... I grew up in an alcoholic home, and and uh, all I knew was just uh, the disease was very active in my home. And I went to my husband went into treatment, and I was uh, told that that it is a disease, and, and that I there was a program that could help me, and that was Al-Anon. So I I went to my first meeting, and I saw that joy on people's eyes they they had a sparkle on their eye they they all laughed and 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 I and they shared that they live with alcoholics or drug addicts in the in the if that was uh, their issue and they were still happy and I wanted what they had and 
and I I felt I was so lonely. I had no friends, and my family, my my sisters uh, were drinking, uh, and some of them were using drugs. My dad is still drinking until this date. Uh, my husband was in and out of prison, and there was just no way out. And when I walked into the meeting, uh, they told me that that it that there was help. There was avail- help available for people like me. Uh, I thought that only there was a lot of help for alcoholics, but nothing for the families. And and uh, and I always felt that I didn't belong anywhere that I didn't belong in life, that there was just no way out. And, and when I went to the meeting, they told me to come back, and, and they told me that there was um, no pain to be too big or, or that they couldn't help me, and so and that other people have had that problems to whatever I was going through. And I thought nobody has ever had the problems that I have. Nobody has lived with... Um, with alcoholics like that one's that I live with. <laughs> Nobody has bailed their alcoholic out of jail. Nobody has shoplifted like I had, you know, in order to um, give support to the alcoholic so they will be nice to me or they will stay home and not go out and drink. And, and so just seeing uh, the joy in in the in their eyes and and the inviting atmosphere in, in knowing that there was a power greater than all of them holding them together. That's what attracted me. I wanted what they had. And that's why I, I just wanted to change. I just did not know how to change. Mm-hmm. And they introduced me to the 12 steps of, of recovery, and I have been using them for, thank God, the last 27 years. So I'm very grateful. That, um, God put me in that group. Was it hard for you to believe when you first walked in that people really had had experiences like you had? Were you were you surprised, or or were you like, or did you believe it at first, or did it take time? It took time to to trust them. I I think um, I went to a meeting. And they told me that uh, to keep coming back, and I didn't trust them. And they were just too nice to be true. <laughs> and and so I went, I didn't go to meetings for about six months. And, and life got worse. Life got really bad. And my kids... I was not taking care of the kids. I was just, my whole concentration was on what the alcoholic was doing or not doing and how to prevent him from doing whatever I thought he was going to do. And and so it was, um, it was six months that I needed to find out whether I was willing to trust him or was I willing to die. What is it that I wanted to do? And thank God that I chose to go back and, and, and trust the, the members of the program and trust the principles of, of recovery because uh, without trusting them, I would not have the life that I have today. And so it was difficult at, at the beginning, but after I came back um, the second time to, to, to the meeting, I was ready. Anything that the program asked me to do, I was willing to do. And I was get a sponsor, come to meetings, work the steps, stay in contact, and of course do service. What was? Uh, how did you get your first sponsor? And tell us maybe a little bit about what a sponsor is and what they do. A sponsor is a person that is a spiritual guidance. Is how I see it that has guided me through the steps of recovery and has introduced me to God, and really to the God of my understanding. And um, Ralph is, is the person that I asked to be my sponsor, and Ralph is that kind of person that has unconditional love. He doesn't care, or he didn't care where I came from. When I first started in Allen, and I, I couldn't speak English, but I wanted to, I was willing to go through any lengths to, to survive because I was, 
tired of suffering. I just could not live with myself one more day. And I, even though I didn't believe in God, I was so angry with the God that I was introduced to as a child. I was just, I hated God. And Roth, um, I asked him to be my sponsor because he was always willing to listen. He always, um, he always had a pleasant smile. Um, he had this serene look on his face, and he had unconditional love. And even though I couldn't speak English, Ralph was willing to to give it a try. You know, he said, "We'll give it a try." I'll, he kn- he knew it, and he recognized my pain, and he didn't care. He was willing to help me. So. Ralph and I started getting together and going over step one, which means, which is uh, admitted I was powerless over people, places, and things, and my life was totally unmanageable. And then we got to step two, which is about asking God to return me to sanity. And and I told Ralph, I don't believe in God. I'm just so angry. And Ralph said, Well, ask, you know, ask like, act like you believe in God, you know. It'll be whatever God you want. It doesn't have to be the God that you grew up with. It's just make your own God. And so at that time, I grew up in in Ensenada on the beach, and and, uh, and I remember the power of the waves and, and the ocean coming in and out. And, and I just remember the serenity that I felt by being on, on close to the ocean or swimming in the ocean, and I made that my higher power. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's how I was able to, to start working on a recovery, by believing something greater than me. And, and, and Ralph is my spiritual guidance until this day. He's still my sponsor, and, and even though... Today I believe that God puts the right people in our lives in order to to help us just because he loves us so much. And and later as I grew in my own recovery, I was able to acknowledge that God was the one that made the ocean and God makes everything. And and so uh, he still guides me until this day uh, because of allowing Ralph to guide me through recovery, I was able to get back in school, get a career, and have the job that I have today just because I was willing to change and, and allow somebody else to guide me and tell me that uh, I I could learn, I could change, I could become a good mother, a good wife, a good daughter, and so on and so forth. Yeah, what I'm really uh, noticing is how much you are willing to trust and just t- and just take a little bit of trust to take that first step out, and it li- it's like it changed everything. Yeah, yeah, it takes trust. Uh, uh, it's, I couldn't trust my judgment anymore. It was too distorted, and and I trusted that that uh, the program of the twelve steps was going to help me, and I trust. I totally trust that that uh, God put me in this life for a reason, and and I have, like I said, a a life that I never dream I will have if it wasn't Thank- because I was willing to trust. Yes. Magdalena, we're going to take a short break. Um, Thank you so much. And when we come back, we'll start with the Serenity Minute, which will be just a brief moment to focus on a constructive idea. And then my guest and I will continue talking about hope for families. We'll be right back. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, 
Most likely, I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above. Expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do, I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Hope for Families. And my guest is Magdalena E. She's got a long uh, 27 years as a member of Al-Anon Family Groups, and she's sharing with us about how she works her 12 steps of recovery and regains serenity and has created lots of opportunities in her life through her spiritual walk. But before Magdalena and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me as we take a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. And I ask you to join me in focusing on a constructive idea to allow yourself to relax, allow your mind to open, let yourself be refreshed by that presence of your higher power. The thought for today is, I let joy in, I let go and let God, with my higher power, I have the power to overcome any challenge, I let joy in. I let go and let God. With my higher power, I have the power to overcome any challenge. And thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope that it did provide a moment of uh, refreshment for you and an opportunity to open up to that presence that is your higher power. And so now we're back with my guest, Magdalena E., and we're talking about Hope for Families. And this is a great time to give us a call or send us an email. The phone number that you would call in is 888-55-UNITY, or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those calls and emails on the air or, or in during the program. And we'd love uh, for you to to have a comment or a question, Magdalena would be happy to respond to that. And also, if you call in or send us an email with whether or not you have a comment, we'll put your name in the drawing for our book that's donated by Hazelden Foundation. And the book uh, today is A Balanced Life Strategies for Coping with the Mental Health Problems or of a Loved One by Tom Smith. So, 
we're back uh, talking with Magdalena, and before the break, she was telling us how just her willingness to take even a little bit of trusting step towards a spiritual life, towards a, a, a program of recovery as a family member, and towards a sponsor has really made a lot of difference in her life. And uh, she was, it really opened her up to the presence of her higher power. So, Magdalena, could you tell us... Um, what was one of the first tools that you used in your program? I know you've worked the steps, um, and you you worked with your sponsor on your higher power. What was what was another tool that you picked up early on that helped you? Um, it was about doing service, serving for others. Um, I knew I couldn't keep it unless I gave it away, and and I truly believe that uh, God didn't put me in this life just to be um, a taker, you know. <laughs> It takes giving, and it like I don't read the Bible. I'm sorry, but it says there that uh, that uh, you get tenfold, and so I I got really busy with service, and and it started by making coffee. You know, being that coffee person in my group, and it was such a joy of uh, being able to serve coffee or just purchase a coffee from the members of AA. And, and just uh, getting to know people who were also uh, trying to get better. And later on, I I got started uh, opening other Al-Anon meetings uh, in Spanish because there was no Spanish meetings at, at that time in, in the area where I lived and, and um, um, helping kids, kids as well. Uh, it was. Uh, I started Alatin meetings and got really busy, really involved. I at this time I was able to speak a little better English, so I was able to start Alatin meetings in English and in Spanish. So uh, just giving back uh, to the community, it was. Uh, it was a, what really helped me. It, um, I got a lot of confidence in, in me at that time, and my self esteem started getting better and better and. Thank God for that. <laughs> I needed some self-esteem, and it wasn't of a of a shiftment or anything. It was just make, seeing other people laugh and seeing other people getting better, and seeing other people come out and say whatever secrets had been hunting them for years. So it was uh, rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was like you just by participating and and getting involved. It's like you maybe became a part of something, became a part of that community. Yes, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I became yeah. a part of a community that I never imagined existed. <laughs> right, yeah. What were, in your family, did, um, I know that you said that, uh, you know, sometimes people think that as a family member that they can't get any better or their life can't get any better unless their loved one uh, who has the disease of addiction gets in recovery? I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, that's that's. I don't agree with that. It, you know, I respect everybody's opinion. However, that's not the same in in my life. I know I have a a daughter who is an alcoholic, and and my gosh, when she was drinking, I was still I still had a life. I still had a lot of friends, I still had joy and and I but you know, I learned to put it in the hands of God and, and still participate in life. I still needed to for for my other son and and for my own sake and my husband's uh, I continued to participate in life and did not concentrate only on her disease. And um today by the grace of God she's been sober for many, many years. But I also have my dad still drinking. Um, I have a sister who's who's dying from the disease, and and I tell her that I love her just the way she is, and I'm not trying to change her like I tried to change others in the past. I I, I respect her disease and I respect her choices, and and I just love her the way she is, and I I still go visit her and whenever possible. And like I said, I have a good life. Their their disease doesn't stop me from participating in life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's really the the benefit of a program. And I know sometimes that's hard for people to understand uh, when they're not in a program. They they may think, oh, you don't care, you know, because you're not worrying about those people or because you're not trying to fix them or whatever. I don't know. How, and in in family programs, sometimes there's a concept of called loving detachment. Could you talk a, a little? You kind of explained it in a way already, but what else would you say about that? About how that works in your life? Uh-huh. Well, in in the twelve step programs, uh, in Alan and again. Um, we accept we can't change others, okay? And if I start participating in in uh, in their misery, or if I, like when my husband was drinking, if he was angry, I was angry. If he was happy, I was happy. And today, because of the tools, I learned that if if I, if I act, their behavior is, it's that's insanity, <laughs> and I cannot participate in insanity again. I truly trust that God put me in this life to be happy, and and so I just tell him, I'm sorry you're having a bad day, or or uh, come and join me if you want to go camping with me this weekend, or or let's just um, I'll just let him be whatever they want to be, and if they want to be angry, they can be angry. And, and, but I choose to participate in life today and and be happy and and trust that God's taking care of them. Because before they were my my children or or my husband or my sisters or my dad, they're children of God, and 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 there's nothing I can do. God loves them more than I do because the God doesn't get angry, and and uh, I do. And and so I just don't get involved in, in their disease and, and respect it and, and still love them and continue to go on with, with my life. If I said, I'm going to go to the park today, I'm going to go for a run, or I'm going to go with friends, but then there's this person in the house who's just been arrested or or is withdrawing from drugs, I I just say, okay, God, they're all yours. You take care of them. I'm going to go on and go to the park, go jogging, go have dinner, or whatever. I I uh, don't change my plans anymore because uh, they don't want my help. They don't need my help. You know, I I love them. And, and if, but however, when my daughter was drinking, and every so often she would say, Mom, I need help. Can you take me to the hospital or can you take me to treatment again? I was always willing to do that because I love my child and she was asking for help. But if she wasn't asking for help, then I was not offering it for her because she knows that I love her and she knows that I'm always willing to help her. She doesn't need to um, beg for help. She knows I'm always there. And if I help them too much, um, like in instance... With my daughter, I had to ask her to leave the house because she was affecting the rest of the family, especially my younger son. And and I had I learned in Al-Anon that the more I help somebody uh, by providing them food, providing them shelter, and and they continue to drink or use drugs, I'm only hurting them because it's I'm making it too comfortable for them. So I was making it too comfortable. Uh, for my husband, and he almost died from his disease. And so I learned that I was not going to do that anymore. And I believe maybe, I want to believe that maybe that's how my daughter was able to hit bottom and, and seek for help because she didn't have a place to live uh, and she knew that her parents loved her no matter how bad she had gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, what you're describing really is a different way to love people or a different way to, to really help them, you know, than sometimes people think, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I believe um, um, we, God lets us face the consequences of our actions. If we eat too much, you know, then we gain weight. Then he lets us face the consequences of our actions. If we don't exercise, then we get sick and, and uh we face the consequences of our actions. Same thing with alcoholism. If they drink, they're going to have some some um, kind of consequences. 
So we have choices in life, and, and each individual changes whenever they're ready to change, and the tools are introduced to them. Um, and if, like my daughter, she was introduced to, to the tools of recovery. She chose not to want them for some time, but when she was ready, she was willing to change, and she's doing great now. Very proud of her. I bet. I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that uh, people sometimes uh, are wonder about in a 12-step program is that um, it is that as worrying about the those inventory steps, or they sometimes people hear about there's a part in there where you take responsibility. But we'll talk about that when we get back. It's time for our break, and when we're back, we'll um, talk about that. So I want to thank all of our listeners for listening, and um, know that we'll be right back with Magdalena, and she'll tell us some more about hope for families. You can give us a call or send us an email. And uh, but stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author: It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the five principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the five principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know, every day, in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. You have a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're just very glad that you're listening today and we know that we have listeners across the U.S., Canada, and around the world. So thanks for joining us. Our topic today is Hope for Families, and my guest is Magdalena E. Magdalena has 27 years of recovery as a member of Al-Anon Family Groups, and she um, is sharing with us how it is that she has a life of serenity and peace and how uh, she has opened up lots of opportunities as she lives a spiritual life and has uh, lived spiritual principles and has a relationship with her higher power. So, again, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, or you can give us a call at 888-55-UNITY, and Magdalena would be happy to uh, take your comment or your question. So, and also we'll put your name in the drawing for the book, which is A Balanced Life, Strategies for Coping with the Mental Health Problems of a Loved One, and that's donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. So, Magdalena, before the break, you were... um, 
uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the working those 12 steps. And part of the 12 steps is um, an inventory process where we look at our own lives and, and so forth. You know, and a lot of times family members, are, when they first come into a family program, they're like, no way, I didn't do anything that caused problems. It was, you know, that person that that was the alcoholic or the person that had the drug addiction that was creating all the problems. And um, and sometimes they feel so beaten down they don't, you know, they, they don't want to have the opportunity to, to look at themselves or whatever. It, it gets feels like a real negative. But actually that inventory process is a very positive process. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how that worked for you and um, if it was a positive process for you to do that inventory? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think it's, I truly believe it's essential. Uh, you know, when you are a child and growing up in an alcoholic home, there's a lot of negativity within the family. And so I believe whatever, whatever my father will say about me, like if he said I was stupid, I really thought I was stupid. If he said I was a prostitute, I believe I was a prostitute. If, you know, so very. Uh, so I grew up thinking that I I was I was stupid. Uh, he believed that I women should not go to school. So of course I stay back in school and thought I was stupid. And, and so by doing an inventory, I asked, uh, my, my sponsor guided me through through the fourth step. How, how do you do an inventory of yourself? I, and, I, and I was, I really wasn't fearful. Um, I was, um, I was concerned that I was going to be, that it was, I was going to have negative, con- negative image and I was going to feel worse than I did. But, but I knew because I had done step one, step two, and step three, that I was going to be okay. So, And I had the help of my sponsor with me. So I started writing an inventory about myself. And, and my sponsor, what he told me is, Magdalena, look in your eyes and just concentrate on your eyes. Look in the pupils. And he said, that's the window to your soul. So find out what's in there and, and write an inventory about what you see. And... And what I saw, it was uh, this scared little girl. You know, I was so scared of life. And, and so I wrote that I was scared. Then I said, why are you scared? Then I wrote down that I was powerless of all the beating that went on, that all the rejections. And, and I wrote about it. And, and, uh, and I was uh, um mean person is what I thought I was because I wouldn't bail my husband out of the uh, out of jail later because I had no money. So my mom would say, Your your heart is black <laughs> mm-hmm. you have no soul and and so I wrote about that and, and I wrote down that yes, I, I I love my husband so much or the people that were around me that that uh, that I almost killed them by helping them. So it I just I didn't have a balance, and I was insecure, and and then I learned why I was insecure. It was all related to the disease of alcoholism, so I wrote everything down, and and at the end, I saw that, that, I, that I was this little kid I just loved a lot and was very scared, but there was also the grown-up now that I could pull the little girl's hand and pull her out and, and protect her and say, here we go. We're together. You're not alone anymore. And and so that was the inventory. I, I learned about myself, and, and I felt in love with the person I was. <laughs> I that did, You know, it's not true. That was just my dad's opinion, and he's entitled to his opinion. I'm not the person that he said he was. So, But it wasn't. if it wasn't for the inventory... I don't think I would be where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, you know, I truly believe that um, once we allow God to guide us in our lives, uh, we're, we're going to be okay. I remember at one time, um, God sends messages. It doesn't matter how He sends them. We just need to be aware and 
at one time I had already done my fourth step and, and shared with my sponsor the fifth step, and I thought I was well. It's like, okay, I have succeeded. I'm a good person now. I'm not going to go to Al-Anon anymore. And prior to coming into the program, we were almost homeless. Um, we had been kicked out of the last apartment, and we were only paying $100 uh, a month for rent. So I was now in the program and things were well, and I thought everybody's well. My husband was in AA. Everybody's well. And I, But I, I was already putting my life and my will in the hands of, of my higher power, God. And that night I went to sleep and thinking, I'm not going to go back to Allen. And that night I had a dream that I was, I was, um, I had become homeless. My husband had relapsed. We were homeless again. And I was digging for food in the trash can. I was dumpster diving. And I found a loaf of bread. And, and since my kids and I are vegetarian, I was looking for the cheese you know, because something, there's got to be cheese here somewhere. There's got to be cheese. And, and while I was, Looking, I found the One Day at a Time book, and and I grabbed it, and I started crying and saying, why did I leave Alan on? Why did I leave Alan on? And I woke up so thankful that I was still in the program. And, and so just by doing an inventory, yes, we get to know ourselves, and, and yes, uh, by working on the steps, we're taken care of, but if we're willing to try it again, so... So God sent me a message that night, and, and I'm glad I stayed. Also, I love your um, story. Go ahead. <laughs> also, at one time, um, when we first moved to the United States, uh, my family and I were illegal immigrants, and we were arrested and and taken into custody and there was my mom with her five kids in jail and getting ready to be deported and okay sorry my bus just came in and we're at work anyways um so i was i was in jail and and uh years went by and now i'm in allen and i'm in this Wonderful program. I'm now legal. And one time, I again, I I was thinking about that day when I just felt so powerless, and and I was having self-esteem issues. And I remember thinking about the little girl who was in jail and could not do anything about it. And um. And I woke up in at that time because of the program. Now I I had a dream that I went to visit this family in jail, and I woke up and I saw this little kid, and there she was. She had the biggest eyelashes, and and I remember speaking with the mom, but kept looking at this little kid who was just gorgeous, and and I looked at at the kid and I said. You look so familiar, and I went down and I recognized that was me. and And I grabbed a little kid and, and I said, "I'm so sorry for making you believe what the alcoholic said that you were. You are not stupid." And I gave her a big hug, and the little girl forgave me. And you know, today I have the job in the law enforcement field, and and so. I don't know how things happen, Anna, but things do happen if we keep working on ourselves. Yeah, so I know that in your job, you you have the opportunity really to be of service in in pretty powerful ways in that job. And, and I'm sure, as you've been say, saying, really your recovery is what got you into that job in a way, in a roundabout, or not, maybe not such a roundabout way, but... It puts you in a position to really make a difference to a lot of people, and people that are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. (sighs) 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand the disease. I I do work in the law enforcement field, and and I understand the person has a disease, and I don't judge them. I uh, I can point them to the right direction, and it's up to them to follow it or not. If not, I'm, unfortunately, I have to do what I have to do, which is incarcerate them, arrest them, and um, and let them face the consequences. However, if they're always when they come back and they're willing to be helped, then I guide them to treatment or to 12-step recovery programs, counseling, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know also in, in um, Al-Anon that you do a lot of uh, service work that you and you travel a lot and um, you have the opportunity to uh, share your recovery with a lot of people. Could you tell us what that's been like for you and some of the rewards of that? Yes, of course. It's uh, it's interesting how it first started. I I was uh, eight months in the program. The first time I I I was asked to speak, and I was just as surprised as they were, I guess. <laughs> and and uh, and my sponsor told me, Magdalena, you gotta share your story. Um, maybe when somebody asks you to sleep, I'm sorry, to sleep to speak. <laughs> It, it's, you know, the people that are hearing you, they might never get another opportunity to hear about Alan, and so your job is to speak. So I say yes, because my sponsor told me I, I had to. <laughs> and years went by, and I kept getting asked to speak, but never outside of uh, of the state or, or in a convention. And one time I was, uh, I received a call from, from Dr. Bob's son, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, and they call him Smitty. <laughs> so Smitty called me and said, Magdalena, have you ever spoken? Uh, and I said, yes, I have, but not outside of the state. And she said, well, I'd like you to come and speak for Gathering of the Eagles in Dallas. And I thought, my gosh, that's big. <laughs> I can't speak. And but I remember what my sponsor said. You never say no to Ellen on to service. So I said it'll be an honor. And and I got to speak in Dallas for the first time in 2002. And from there, people just started asking me to speak in other states. And and I am just so honored every time I I get asked to speak. Now I speak in Canada. I I have spoken in. Many many states. I can't tell you how many. But and uh, and I just share my story. What I'm sharing with you today, and I just hope that uh, that uh, I can reach somebody that has gone through some of the things, some of the experiences that I have gone through, and and I'm able to help because I know I was in a very dark place, and and it's not like that anymore. It's sometimes when the pain is. It's so big, we don't think there's a way out, but there's always a way out. We just need to ask for guidance. And yes, I, I really enjoy doing service. I'm, I'm also, I also represent my state in the World Service Conference of Al-Anon, and, and I'm just like very honored to be part of such a wonderful fellowship. Right. What What's one... Uh story or or just a time when some I know many people have come up to you probably and and thanked you for what you've shared is there something that's particularly touched you um that you like knew oh wow my what I've been through made a difference for somebody else well um there are many stories uh, uh my father is um child molester I will say okay and a lot of times, um, there's a lot of uh, incest, perhaps sexual abuse in the alcoholic's home, and it's a secret that nobody talks about, but I do because it is important for my healing, mm-hmm. and I have talked about that, and sometimes people come to me and say, 
I never heard anybody talk about that from the podium. And and it's okay. Uh, our, as we say, our sick, we are sick as our secrets, and it's okay to have a sponsor today. I have, um, you know, I under, an understanding that it is the disease of alcoholism. Also, letting go of our kids, it's uh, something that people usually approach me and say, I didn't know I could let go of my kids. Um, I'm having a hard time. In in, I just share my story and I let them know that if they're God's children, why would we hold on to them? You know, they're not ours. And, um, mm-hmm. Or that I have been married for, gosh, it'll be 34 years on Saturday, and people say, "How have you been able to stay?" <laughs> with an alcoholic for so long and it's like well I do my I don't get in his business (laughs) and so yeah those are some of the things that's great Magdalena our time is up I want to thank you very much thank you uh, for being so honest and thank you for sharing your story and as you said not keeping things secret and for working your recovery program I know you work a very strong program and it makes a lot of difference you have a lot of light to share with people, and thank you for doing that. I appreciate it, and thanks for being with us today and for sharing with our listeners here. Thanks, Anna. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. So uh, thank you all for listening today. We're glad you're listening, and I want you to be sure to join us next Tuesday when our topic is going to be Healing Blessings, A Parent's Story, and we'll have Kathleen Wilson Um, who's written a book about uh, her daughter who died of the disease of addiction. And Kathleen's going to talk about her spiritual healing um, from that situation and how to walk through the pain into healing. And so I want to thank you all again for listening. And thanks again deeply to Magdalena for being our guest today. And know that all of you are in my prayers and in my thoughts. You're a blessing to the world. And let your heart sing with joy this week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Even if you're a seasoned spiritual student, even if you've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, how's your life working? Knowing spiritual principles isn't enough. We have to practice them every day. Join Rev. Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Inspiration only takes a moment. Rev. Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.